0: Maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready today, we are in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. The title of this sermon is, Be Angry and Do Not Sin of This Teaching. Here's a little overtime of this teaching. Uh, Us to grow resentment to grow angry and have outbursts Anger becomes sin when we start Plotting the person's downfall You start gossiping and you start campaigning and slandering and you're wanting to see the person fall That's a sin When it grows vengeance or vengeful or you're vindictive in in the meaning of of the anger When you're when it consumes your life and all you can think about is getting back at that other person when it stifles your worship and, and starts pulling you away from spending time with God, that's when anger becomes a sin. And that's when it's destructive. And that's when it needs to be dealt with. In Psalm 37, verse 8, it says, Refrain from your anger and, for, and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself, it tends only to evil. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Wrath let's look at a couple of examples real quick at people who have allowed their wrath their anger to turn to wrath and see the result of it you go to the early part of Genesis chapter 4 verses 6 it says the Lord said to Cain why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen I love that oh I love that like he's boiling inside he's boiling and some of y'all are that way like you're trying to keep it in you're trying to keep it in. You're trying to keep the pot from overflowing. But eventually it, it boils over or the kettle starts to whistle. And that's what that countenance is. You can, God can tell. He's like, yeah, you're angry. You're angry. If you do well, will it not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and desires for you. But you should rule over it. You should rule over it. Now Cain talked to, with Abel his brother and it came to pass and when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel and his brother and killed him. That's when anger goes to wrath. And you can murder somebody with your anger as well because Jesus kind of elevated that as well when you're angry at somebody. But you've got to, again, make sure y'all read the context of the Scripture. People take stuff out of context all the time. Don't be throwing Scripture at people. Not unless you actually know it, the Scripture, like you know it. It happens, and that, that just stirs the pot even worse sometimes. Moses struggled with anger. We know this in Psalm 106, verses 32 to 33. They angered him at the waters of Meribah, and he went ill with Moses on their account, for they had made his spirit bitter, and he spoke rashly with his lips. He strikes the rock. Boom. Right? and he strikes the rock not as God giving them water but Moses giving them water which is wrong but do you understand that the word that he uses in Numbers chapter 20 verse 10 it says here now you rebels he calls them rebels and the word in the Greek Septuagint actually means moros which means morons here now you morons get your water see how angry he is Turn to wrath like that. Turn to wrath very quickly. It happens very fast. Saul wanted to kill David, and it became wrath. It went from anger to wrath in 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 7 through 9. So the woman sang and as they danced, and they said, Saul has slain the, his thousands and David his ten thousands. And Saul was very angry and And the saying displeased him, and he said that they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed only thousands, now more. Can he have the kingdom? uh, Can he have but the kingdom? And so Saul eyed David from that day forward. So Saul wanted to kill David from that day forward. That pride entered because he goes, You have this many people attending your church, I only have this many. You start being prideful and it, it consumed Saul it consumed him to the point of wrath Jonah hated the people of Nineveh he hated them even after he went to preach with them he was still struggling with his anger and Jonah Jonah chapter 4 verses 1 through 4 it says but it displeased Jonah exceedingly and he became angry and so he prayed to the Lord at least he goes to God and he said oh lord Was it not this that I I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Deal with your anger. Like you need to deal with your anger. James chapter 1, verse 20 says, For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. It's selfishness. And, and you trying to control your anger not through the power of the Holy Spirit will end because it's your flesh trying to control it. You need to give that over to God. God's the only one that can control that. And even then, you may have an outburst. Okay? I want to make sure you get this. You may have an unrighteous outburst. You need to own it. You already know when it's a sin. You are, every man in here knows when he stepped somewhere he shouldn't have stepped. And you go, oh, shouldn't have said that one. In your head, you're thinking that. You already know. The Holy Spirit's already told you. You need to, you need to repent. And you need to confess that to God. You need to get right. So, just FYI. This needs to get corrected before this. The relationship with God needs to get... Because people, what they do, I've already apologized to my wife. Have you gotten right with God? Because the first person you need to get right with is this, God. And then you deal with the relationship. Because men sometimes just want to hurry up and fix it. And that's not always the answer. It's not, it doesn't work that way. We're, that's what we want to do we want to fix it and sometimes you need to give time because it's the only time that's going to heal it but don't allow your anger to turn to wrath i was a professional wrath person like man i could have been in a league really i mean i could have been in i i, I would get upset and i would blow and i would try and let me t- remember we talked about that word trespasses in the in in ephesians and what that word meant in the Greek, it actually means for you to, to be able to get to the finish line and never be able to meet the gold ever. Ever. You always fall flat on your face right before you cross the finish line. That's what trespasses are. That's what I dealt with all my all my 22 years of marriage. I would try to contain it. I would try to keep it all in and not blow up. But man, it, I... When it exploded, I was like a firecracker. And that's how some of y'all's anger is. You're like a mortar round. It goes up and boom. And then there's destruction everywhere. Kids are hiding. Wife's hiding. I mean, nobody knew, like, can we come out of the house? I mean, what's going on? But that's how we are. But see, you're a new creation in Christ. That stuff needs to be put off. That wrath should never be part of it because when anger turns to wrath, it's a sin. And when you have unrighteous anger, it's a sin because it will quickly turn to wrath if you don't deal with it. Romans chapter 12, verses 19-21 through 21 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry... Uh, therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So when somebody is being angry or upset or it happens even in the church, you just, you just love them. And you take a step back. And then later on, if you can't deal with it in that moment... Then you go, okay, well, we'll talk about this on Wednesday night when we meet. Because, you know, if you talk to me in a way that's wrong, I needed to let you know, hey, you can't talk to me that way. Man, I'm, I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to learn. But if you start yelling at me, it makes me, you know. But that speaks more about the volumes of what's going on in the other person. They're being led by their flesh. In First Peter chapter two, verse one, it says, "Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceitful, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, and all evil speaking." Why do I give you that? Because when you allow your wrath to continue, it becomes malice. So it goes from anger to wrath to malice, and malice is when you're not ashamed to break the rules. You're going to do whatever you can to get a, get get back at that person I'll break whatever rules I'll say whatever needs to be said I'm gonna get back at that person I don't care that's what malice is so now we see what unrighteous anger is it's selfish it's it's unrighteous it's it's being led by your flesh and then finally it says when anger gives place to the devil and so one of the things it says here is Paul says nor, nor give place to the devil. When you allow anger to uh, turn to wrath, you allow unrighteous anger in your life, what happens is you're giving place to the devil to have a foothold. And one of the things we don't want to do is here at the church is to allow the devil to have a foothold. And guess what? If he can't get us from outside the church, he's going to come in the church. Look at Judas. He came in the church. He came in the church. You go, well that doesn't happen we talked about it last week Ananias and Sapphira were relying to the Holy Spirit it happens it happens we see times where anger goes uncrazy like even with Paul and Barnabas they got angry with each other and they split it tells us in Romans chapter 12 verse 16 live in harmony with one another do not be haughty but associate with the lowly never be wise in your own sight In James 4, James chapter 4, verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So when you feel like you're fixing to, you need to resist the devil. And man, I've had people where they're like, hey, can you just give me a moment? Yeah. Yeah, you don't know what somebody's dealing with, especially if they're in in the church, they're brand new. They may deal, deal with PTSD or they may have served in combat. You don't know what they're going through. And sometimes when we get going and we're moving and we're going, and it, it triggers something to where they're, they're, you know, you could have said something, hey, like, can you get me that? And they think you're barking commands at them and they get upset. But I, I have more, man, that, that speaks volumes to that person that can say, you know what, I'm going to resist the devil that was kind of the way you said that was really ugly I'm going to take a step back can you just give me a moment (laughs) let me walk outside hey brother can you pray for me can you pray for me what's going on man I, I you know I was working on this thing and I just I felt like the way it was said was wrong let's pray that's what we're supposed to do but what do we do ah we just get upset and then then we have to deal with all of it and then it happens in front of people and they're like well what's going on with so-and-so is that is, is he all right it happens but we need to we need to resist the devil that means that you refuse to surrender your anger when you refuse to surrender over your anger is to welcome the devil so you can rehab it not only in your own heart but in your relationships When you refuse to resist the devil, you're surrendering surrendering your anger that turns to wrath and you're welcoming the devil to wreak havoc in your heart and the heart of the people around you and the relationships that you have. You're allowing it to affect so many other people. Remember, if it's a shotgun blast or you're a mortar round and it explodes or if it bubbles over, people get burned when they get hot water or stuff on them. It's like it can, there's an effect that happens. And it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Live peaceably with all. You know, that's hard to do when we say be angry at the things that God is angry about. Because right now, if you were to go and try to talk to somebody, they just want to yell at you. Like if you just try to have a discussion with somebody, they just start yelling. And they're not like you can never get to the point of where you feel like you're having a discussion about facts or about about anything they just start yelling why because people are being controlled today in this world by their emotions and feelings I'm allowed to say act or do whatever I feel and if that means I'm gonna scream at you then I'm gonna scream at you just look at your campuses across the United States Look at the, the colleges. You can't even have free speech anymore without somebody yelling and screaming, getting angry, throwing stuff, trying to beat people up just for having a difference of opinion than you have. We are to live peaceably with all, but that doesn't mean to live passively with all or progressively with all, meaning you're accepting everything and saying, well, maybe God needed to rewrite this part of the Bible. No. So don't live passively with all, and don't live progressively with all, but you live peaceably with all, if it's possible, if possible. Now, most of you are probably reading that thinking, well, wait a minute. We're supposed to be in unity. Yeah, the follow Christians are supposed to be in unity, aren't we? But we have that great example of Paul and Barnabas where they didn't. Unfortunately, people have differences of opinion, and they go separate ways. It happens. The beauty of it is is that we know that God still used Barnabas and God still used Paul. How do we know that God still used Barnabas? Because John Mark shows up and helps Paul. Did it get fixed in that moment? No. No. But can you imagine if, if... Because Paul's like, hey man, not taking that dude. He flakes out. And they start arguing about it. He's not, he's not all in when it comes to following Jesus. Just leave him. If he ain't, I'm not going if he's going. And you start having all that stuff happening. Right? That's what starts happening. But Barnabas still encouraged him. Barnabas still encouraged him. And he ended up staying with the faith to the point that he helps Paul. Now, did they live peaceably in that moment? No. They separated. But God still used both of them. God still used both of them. We need to remember when, when sinful anger leads to sinful words and deeds, it, it, it leads us into sin. When you allow your anger and your, your, through your words and your deeds, you're, you're, you're in sin. And it needs to be, that's again, this is what Paul was saying. Hey, you need to put that stuff off. If you think that you have righteous anger and that you can just blow up on your kids and blow up on your wife, No. That you can come in here and start blowing up on people at church? No. It, it, again, righteous anger, be angry about the things that God's angry about. So that means you do what? It has to be, one, it has to be from God. It has to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? And it needs to be, it needs to be speaking truth and love. And speaking truth and love is not yelling and not screaming and arguing, okay? We need to remember that so the next time you you address your kids and you're angry don't ever hit your children when you're angry i'm speaking to you from a person who's done that like i got five kids they've done some crazy stuff and lord knows i've man when the belt comes out i'm just you know and your dad probably did the same thing to you when they get angry man you get hit harder it hurts you need, to, you need to take a step back before you go in there and talk with them. If, you're gonna, if you need to talk with them and you don't do the spanking thing, because I know a lot of people don't do that, and that's cool. Um, I think that's the problem with America today, but uh, that's, that's a whole other issue. Um, we didn't go to the woodshed enough. Uh, y- you haven't lived until you get to go pick out your own switch. In the South, we go pick out our own switch. Grandma would tell you, just go get the switch out the back. Man, whew. And she'd, that thing would whistle when it hit you. Yeah, you know, I mean, she wasn't but that big. It hurt, man. She could, she could light you up. The reality of it is, though, is like when, you, when you're disciplining your children, don't do it in anger. Take a step back. Pray about it. Ask God to give you the words, and then go speak to them. Now, if you have little ones, I get it. I understand. It's harder to do that. But, man, I watched somebody this past week correct their child and it blew me away because i was like as a father i never did that but get on his knees and get eye to eye with the child and lovingly say hey we don't talk that way don't say that to your brother and i was blown away because i was like man my my dad would have just went (laughs) right because the anger we need to really look at how we how we address things how we speak to our wives we get upset over things, and we shouldn't be getting upset over. We argue over meaningless stuff sometimes. Man, I, I, I you know, my my time with my wife. I'm only married with her here. When we get to heaven, we're not married anymore. I want to make the most out of the time I got. I don't want to spend it arguing. I did that for 22 years. I know how that works. Take the wisdom that you get when you talk to somebody, and they talk to you, and say, "Hey, look." Is it that important that you're right? That you've made this stance, and you're sleeping on the couch and you're... Is it that important? Because agape love is sacrificial. You're doing for others. And as men, we're there to serve. We're the pastors of our home. And, and man, we're going to be... So we're going to finish up chapter 4 next week. And we're going to hit chapter 5 pretty quick. We're going to finish the first half of it in one teaching. And then we're going to be dealing with marriages. And, man, it's, there's a lot of problems with marriages today. A lot of flesh. A lot of people want to be in their flesh. And it's, you're, you're, you're to wash your wife with the Word. You're to be in the Spirit of God. And I've said it, man. Like, men, we have a lot that that, um, that can anger us. You deal with a lot of stuff every day at work. You deal with a lot of stuff coming home. But your wife deals with a lot of stuff at work, too. And and you're there to pastor, to listen, to to minister. Like if you have a st- if you're a stay home mom, oh I watch my daughter. My daughter's got a lot on her plate. So Abraham's all over the place. He's wanting to go everywhere. He thinks he's 20 already. He's only a, a little over a year old. He's trying to get into everything too. And and all he does, like for Grandpa, it doesn't bother me because he just smiles at me and I'm going, oh, okay, it's all right. Don't worry about it. You know, but he does need to learn. And, and I think sometimes I'm a hindrance for the parents because, you know, we love them so much. And, you know, we try to treat them different than we treated our own kids is what we're trying to do. Try to learn from those mistakes. And that's what I pray. It's like today, if you're struggling with anger and it's unrighteous anger, meaning that it's, it's a shotgun blast, it's hurting people, there's carnage, then, then repent. Confess it and Repent. And God will be right there. Just ask the Lord, Hey, Lord, I need, I need you to empower me to have the Spirit to, to take a step back, to be like Nehemiah. I'm angry, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a step back. I'm going to think about this and pray about this. And then again, very simply do this. Like if you need to, take the step back, seek God, seek His Word, seek Him in prayer, and if you need to seek godly counsel, don't seek. And this this is important. If you got girlfriends or boy, not boyfriends, but guys that you hung out with, man, you gotta watch what you say nowadays. If you have girlfriends that you used to hang out with before Christ, and they ain't walking with God, that's not the advice you need. That's not godly wisdom, because all they're gonna do is say, "Girl, let's go to the club," and then you're just gonna make it worse. And the guys are going to just say, man, let her blow off that steam. She's angry over nothing. Come out with us. We're going to hang out at the bar. And that's going to get you in worse trouble. Go to somebody that can give you godly wisdom. And godly wisdom comes from this, from the Word of God. It's going to be somebody who's going to share something from the God's Word that can say, hey, you uh, you you need to think about this because it sounds like your anger went to wrath. And maybe she's right. You need to confess your sin. We need to be able to be rebuked. And let me tell you something. Your spouses know you better than anybody. And they can, they should be able to correct you more than anybody. Okay? It hurts. Oh, Lord, it hurts. My wife does it. She's like a sniper. And she she hits you when you're not expecting it. And it's boom. And you're like, oh. And you're like, you got Yeah, you know what, you're right. I need to, I need to, you know what, I'm sorry. I need to, I need to rethink that. But are we going to, are we going to be humble enough to be corrected?